discover the inherent power of God in you. Whether there are challenges or not, we are still the same. We are constant. God is constant. God does not change. And that is the life that we have received. He says Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. That is the same life we have also received. We are also the same yesterday, today, and forever. What kind of life? We, we, we are the same because we have the same life with Christ. So when you think about God, think about you. Because everything he is, that is why he told Abraham, he said, I am your, your exceeding great reward. God gave himself as a reward to Abraham. And we are the seed of Abraham. Therefore, we have inherited God himself. Listen to Pastor Oti Boateng as Christ is magnified in you. Praise the Lord. A warm evening to all of us. It's a blessing to have you online. Welcome to tonight's service. I know that God is going to use this as an opportunity to bless you and increase you on every sea of your life, even in Jesus' name. Shall we start with a word of prayer? Father, thank you for this opportunity. We are grateful. We are thankful for the power of your word. Thank you for your mighty Holy Spirit who instructs us, guides us into all reality. Thank you that this word, this message from you changes our hearts and causes us to grow even some more. Thank you that we see and experience your glory through your word. We receive your word with meekness, with gladness, with faith, even in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen. All right. So I'm sharing on, I'm still sharing on the work of a shepherd and I'm concluding on feeding. The, the first work of a shepherd is that the shepherd must give birth, isn't it? And we spoke about prayer, you know, prayer being a means of conceiving and then, you know, um, going through the gestation period and then having, um, giving birth, pushing your children out. And then we pick the next thing, which is feeding. After your child has come out, the next thing you need to do is to feed. And we've been speaking about feeding for some time. I think this is part nine or so. Yes, part nine. Just on feeding. Because of how important it is. Feeding is very, very important. And tonight I just want to share something briefly with you on some of the things that happens as you are being fed. Or as you feed. As you feed, what happens? Or as you are fed, what happens? Okay, you could be a sheep or a shepherd um, listening to me. Whatever you are, you, you, this message is important for you. Every shepherd, remember, is a sheep. And every sheep is supposed to grow to become a shepherd. So it's a blessing. It's a blessing. Great blessing. Great, great blessing. So let's start from um, one of our key scriptures, Isaiah chapter 40, verse 10, if you remember. Isaiah chapter 40, verse 10. Behold, the Lord will come with strong hand, and his arm shall rule for him. Behold, his reward is with him, and his work before him. Verse 11. He shall feed his flock like a shepherd. He shall gather the lambs with his arm, and carry them in his bosom, and shall gently lead those that are with the young. Jesus said to um, John, to Peter rather, in John chapter 21, verse 15, he asked him, Simon, son of Jonah, lovest thou me more than these? Jesus uh, was asking Peter whether he loved him more than the things of the world, more than, you know, working and doing all kinds of things, you know. Then Peter responded and said, Yea, Lord, thou knowest that I love thee. And then Jesus said to him, Feed my lambs. If you love me, feed my lambs. In verse 16, Jesus asked him again the second time, Someone, do you love me? Peter said, You know I love you. And he said, If you love me, then feed 
my sheep. Then he asked a third time in verse 17, if you love me, feed my sheep again. So feeding the sheep of God is a demonstration of your love for the Lord. It's, it's part of our growth. As you grow in the Lord, you get to a place where you start feeding others. So Paul got concerned when the children of um, the, the church, the Hebrew church, was not, they weren't feeding, they weren't changing other people's lives and helping others. He was, he was surprised. In Hebrews chapter 5, verse 12, Paul said, For when for the time you ought to be teachers, you have neither one teach you again, which be the first principles of the oracles of God. And I become such as have need of milk and not of strong meat. For when for the time you ought to be teachers. So there's, there's a timeline. He was expecting them to be teaching at a particular time. Do you see? Yes. You are supposed to be teaching. You are not supposed to be a child forever. A child may not be able to teach another, but then as you grow up in the Lord, you're able to teach others. You must be able to teach others. The best way of getting to know what you know or what you are supposed to know is by teaching others. It's important to teach others. And it's important you grow to be able to teach others. So the more you feed, the more you grow. The more you grow, the more you, you teach or you feed others. You feed to grow, and as you grow, you feed others to also grow. If you read in Galatians chapter 4, verse 1, Paul, Paul was concerned once again. He says, now I say that the heir, as long as he's a child, differed nothing from a servant, though he be lord of all. Verse 2, but is under tutors and governors until the time appointed of the father. Verse 3, even so we, when we were children, were in bondage under the elements of the world. Do you see? Even so we, when we were children, were in bondage under the elements of the world. As long as you're a child, you're in the pews, you'll be in bondage under the elements of the world. God wants you to break free and live for him. Live, in a, live expansively. Live graciously. Enjoy his blessings. Without growth, you will not enjoy the blessings of God. It doesn't work. So your growth is so important to God, so important to Jesus Christ. And as you grow, one of the main things you do is that you feed. You feed others because you're a shepherd. A shepherd feeds. It is the main thing a shepherd does. Look at Ezekiel chapter 34, verse 5. Ezekiel 34, verse 5. And they were scattered abroad, scattered because there was no, there is no shepherd. And they became meat to all, to all the beasts of the field when they were scattered. Next verse. My sheep wandered through all the mountains and upon every high hill. Yea, my flock was scattered upon all the face of the earth. And none did search or seek after them. Verse 7. Therefore, ye shepherds, hear the word of the Lord. As I live, said the Lord, surely, because my flock became prey, and my flock became meat to every beast of the field, because I was no shepherd, neither did my shepherds search for my flock, but the shepherds fed themselves and fed not my flock. You must feed the flock of God as a shepherd. Next verse. Therefore, O ye shepherds, hear the word of the Lord. That said the Lord, behold, I am against the shepherds, and I require my flock at their hands and cause them to cease from feeding the flock. Neither shall the shepherds feed themselves anymore. If you are not feeding, you yourself will not be fed. Yes. It's an amazing thing. You yourself will not be fed. For I will deliver my flock from their mouth, that they may not be meat for them. Verse 11. For thus says the Lord God, Behold, I even I will both search my sheep and seek them out. Verse 12. And as a shepherd seeketh out his flock in the day that he is among his, his sheep, that are scattered. So will I seek out my sheep 
and I'll deliver them out of the places where they have been scattered in the cloudy and dark day. Next verse. And I'll bring them out from the people and gather them from the countries and I'll bring them to their own land and feed them upon the mountains of Israel by the rivers and in all the inhabited, inhabited places of the country. He says, when I gather them, the first thing I'll do is that I'll feed them. Then verse 14 says, I'll feed them in a good pasture and upon the higher mountains of Israel shall their fold be. There shall, there shall they lie in a good fold and in a fat pasture shall they feed upon the mountains of Israel. Wow. So feeding is important. Yes. Verse 15 says, I will feed my flock and I'll cause them to lie down. See the Lord God. I'll feed my flock and I'll cause them to lie down. I don't know if you're seeing how important this is. It's very important because it is God's means of accomplishing his, his purposes in every one of his sheep's life by feeding. Because feeding is very, very, feeding is all-encompassing. Feeding is the main way that God, you know, changes his children's lives. Miracles are powerful, but miracles are not, may not be permanent. Do you see? Yes. People lose their miracles because they've not been fed along the lines of how to keep their miracle. Catherine Coleman, of blessed memory, was a very wonderful healing evangelist. Many people were healed under in her ministry. It is reported that 95% of the people who got healed in his meetings lost their healing. 95%. Meaning that if you take every 100 people who were healed in her meetings, 95 of them had their, lost their healing. Why did they lose their healing? They lost their healing because they, had, they were not fed along the lines of healing. You need to be fed along the lines of how to keep your healing, how to receive your healing, and how to keep it. You can be fed on how to receive your healing. But after you've been fed on how to receive your healing, you need to be fed on how to keep your healing. Everything in the kingdom of God has to do with understanding. Without understanding, you, you, are, not, you are going nowhere to happen. Proverbs chapter 21, verse 16. The man that wandereth out of the way of understanding shall remain in the congregation of the dead. The man that wandered out of the way of understanding shall remain in the congregation of the dead. If you wander out of the way of understanding, it says you remain in the congregation of the dead. You, you experience death. But when you have understanding, there's another version that says, another verse that says that understanding is a spring of life. That's in Proverbs chapter 16, verse 20. It says true intelligence, this is, um, let's read King James, please. Understanding is a, well, is a wellspring of life unto him that has it. But the instruction of fools is fully. Understanding is a wellspring of life unto him that has it. So a lack of understanding is death. This is the one who, 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 who wanders away from understanding shall dwell in the congregation, shall remain in the congregation of the dead. Yes shall remain in the congregation. And the one who has understanding shall have a wellspring of life. A wellspring of life. Strength, health, blessings. So understanding is key. It's really key. Solomon was taught by David. Wisdom is a principal thing. Therefore, get wisdom. And he says, and in all that getting, get understanding. It's so important you have understanding concerning every single thing. And that is what God gives you preachers for. God gives you a pastor. He gives you a shepherd. 
to do that all-important thing in your life, to feed you with understanding. Do you see? To feed you with understanding. Understanding is so important. It's so important. So in Jeremiah chapter 3, verse 15, the Bible says that, and I will give you pastors according to my heart, which shall feed you with knowledge and understanding. So what, we feed, what you are fed, what a shepherd feeds, is knowledge and understanding, without which the children of God will remain in a congregation of the dead. They will experience death on every side of their lives. All sides of their lives. The problem of most Christians is knowledge and understanding because they don't know. They don't know. They don't know how to go to town. They don't know how. Do you see? And when, even when they know, they don't understand why. It's important you understand why. Know how and understand why. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Yes. Is that through knowledge shall the just be delivered. Through knowledge shall the righteous ones be delivered from their captivity into their blessings. Through knowledge is important. It's important. Through knowledge. Through knowledge. So the, 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 the pastor, the shepherd that God gives you, brings you knowledge and feeds you with understanding so that you can advance and go where God wants you to be. Do you see? Proverbs 11 verse 9. And hypocrite with his mouth destroyeth his neighbor, but through knowledge shall the just be delivered. The word just is righteous, the righteous ones. So the righteous ones need to be delivered as well. He needs to be delivered. It is only through knowledge that he's going to be delivered from his problems into his success. Yes, from his land of captivity into his land flowing with milk and honey. Understanding, there's no laying out of hands that can change that. After hands have been laid on you, hands are laid on you to, to open your understanding so that you can understand, you see, so that you can receive knowledge, the knowledge of God's word. Hallelujah. For a lack of knowledge, my people perish. It says, because you have rejected knowledge, I've also rejected you. Mm? It's a very serious thing. Eh? That's in Hosea, yes. Hosea chapter 4, verse 6. My people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. God's people. This is very important. This is so, I don't know whether I'm saying it with enough strength. <laughs> Maybe because I'm talking quietly, it doesn't look so powerful. But these are the scriptures. This is what the Bible says. It says, my people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. So if you have any problem anywhere, you should know that you don't know. There's something you don't know. You don't know something. That is why you are suffering. Do you see? You are suffering because you, don't, you simply don't know about something. If, you are, if your healing is not coming, it's because you don't know something. Or you don't understand something. My people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. Because thou hast rejected knowledge, I will also reject thee. So when you reject knowledge, you, you have rejected God. And God says, I also reject you. That thou shalt be no more, no priest to me. Seeing thou hast forgotten the law of thy God, I will also forget thy children. Yes, the law of thy God is the, is the knowledge of God's word. To see you have forgotten the, the, the knowledge of God's word, I will also forget your children. Amazing. My people are destroyed. My people are cut off. The, 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 the original Hebrew is cut off from my blessings. My people are cut off from my blessings because of a lack of knowledge. And he says, I'll give you pastors after my own heart, shepherds after my own heart, which shall feed you with knowledge and understanding. So you need, I was talking about the man of God sent to you, the man that God has sent to bring you understanding. Because God gives you, God gives all of us someone to help us understand the scriptures. I am a testimony. You see, when I stop listening to those that God has blessed me, given to me, I, I literally fall sick. That is what happens to me. I'm not, I'm not joking. If I were lying, I'd have told you. When I notice that I'm not feeling well, it's because I've not been, I've not been feeding as I'm supposed to for some time. 
Yes, I've not been feeding from the ministers that God has given to me. It's either I'm not feeding from them or I'm not feeding from the word directly. I can be doing one and not doing the other and I'll still feel, I'll still feel ill. I still feel sick. I feel weak. Yes, physically. I'm talking about physical weakness. Yes. But when, I, when I'm listening to the people, the blessed voices that God has given to me, when I'm listening to Bishop Dag, when I'm listening to Reverend George, when I'm listening to Pastor Chris, when I'm listening to Bishop Oedipo, when I'm reading Kenny Higgins' books, you see, it does something to me. It brings me jolts of energy and jolts of life. When I'm reading my Bible, when I'm reading Hebrews and reading Romans and making efforts to study, reading Matthew, reading First Chronicles and First Samuel, when I'm reading Genesis and Deuteronomy, I have jolts of energy coming to me. Why? Because this is the, is the knowledge of God's word bringing me life and health and strength. It's important you know who God has sent to you to, to listen to. You need to listen to them. <laughs> if you don't listen to them, brother, you are in trouble. You are in trouble because you'll not be getting some of the things I'm going to be mentioning in, these, in this particular um, message to you. One of the first things that you receive as you, as you listen and hear, okay, as you are fed with knowledge and understanding, okay, is grace is multiplied to you. And I mentioned it on Sunday, if you remember. Grace is multiplied to you. Second Peter chapter 1 from verse 2 to verse 3. Grace is multiplied unto you. Grace and peace are multiplied unto you through the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord. And on Sunday, I really explained this to you. Do you see? Grace is multiplied. You can't, you can't buy grace from anywhere. Grace is multiplied. You acquire more grace through the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord. The more you read and study the word, and the more you hear his ministers, the, the preachers that he has sent to you, the more you believe. And the more you believe, the more grace you receive, the more of God's help you receive. That's the truth. So as you, as you are fed, you receive grace. If you want to increase in, in, increase in grace, what do you do? Allow yourself to be fed. Get to the word. Start reading about get the knowledge of God and get the knowledge of Jesus Christ our Lord. How do you get it? It's in the word. How do you understand even some more? By listening to the preachers he has sent to you. By listening to some of the messages that these, these preachers have, have. You know, when we say listen to a message, don't just go to podcasts and then listen to a message. So you are just, no. Pray about it. Let the Holy Spirit lead you to what he wants you to feed on at a particular time. You see, eating a big, two big balls of banku at 11 p.m. in the night and sleeping at 11.45 can get you killed. You can die. Yes. Some of us can't eat beyond after, after a certain time. You can't eat a certain kind of meal. You just need to take a very light something because it can come out of your stomach whilst you are sleeping, go through your nose and into your head and kill you. You see, so even though it is food, it is not, it is bad food at a particular time. Yes. It, which can kill you. It is food, but it can, it can lead to your death. You can aspirate easily and die. If the food enters your lungs, you are in trouble. Food is not meant to enter your lungs, but it can enter your lungs if, you, if, if it comes out like that. Yes. If you are eating oil all the time in the night, eating oil, 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 fried rice at 12 a.m. All the time. I mean, some of, some of you do that. You may be, you, you see, you lack understanding, you lack knowledge. Hey! 
You'll be surprised that it may affect you as, you, as, as time goes on. Yes. Yesterday, my, my wife was telling me about some patients they were looking after. You know, about, I think about, um, they, they, they checked about 14 people. And 12 of them had to get their legs chopped off. Their legs were going to be chopped off because of diabetes. I mean, they were born with two legs, two capable full legs moving around. But because of improper um, lifestyles, eating at times they are not supposed to be eating, drinking at times they are not supposed to drinking juice all the time, morning, afternoon, evening, morning, afternoon, evening, morning, afternoon, evening, over years and years and years and years, it has affected them. Yes, and now they are diabetic and they have to, their veins are clogged, blocked, they are constricted. Blood can't flow through it in a certain way. So they, they, are, they have legs that are dead now. And if they don't cut those legs off, it's going to affect the whole body and they will die. So they need to chop them off because of food, because of feeding. So it's not, it's not just everything on podcasts that you listen to at a particular time. You need, to, you need the assistance of the Holy Spirit. Look at First John chapter 2. Let's read verse 20. 1 John 2, 20. But you have an unction from the Holy One, and you know all things. The unction is the Holy Spirit. He says, you have an unction from the Holy One, and you know all things. Now, go to verse 27. So you're anointed. Because you're anointed, you know all things. Yet he says, get knowledge. Then he says, but the anointing which you have, you have received of him, abided in you. And you need not that any man teach you but as the same anointing teacheth you of all things, and is truth, and is no lie, and even as it has taught you, you shall abide in him. So the Holy Spirit is inside you to teach you what to do at different times. I don't just open my Bible and start reading. One of the things I do regularly is asking for the help of the Holy Spirit. You see, I ask for the help of the Holy Spirit regularly on a daily basis. I need your help to read my Bible. I need your help to know exactly what to read. I need your help to know what to study. I need your help to, to be able to pray well. I need your help to be able to know what topics to even pray about. You must ask for the Holy Spirit's help in knowing what to, to, to pick. You see, one of the reasons why you can go off is because you are not listening to the right things at the right time. You are listening to a message, but it's not what you're supposed to be hearing at that time. Our construction, our growth as Christians is primarily dependent on the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit, you see, I don't just preach anything to you. Before I come and stand before you to preach, I ask the Holy Spirit what to tell you at a particular time. Yes, it's the, it's the main thing. If I don't do that, it's not going to work. You're not going to grow if I don't ask the Holy Spirit what to do or what to say. It's, it's, the ma- it's the major aspect of ministry, knowing exactly what to say at what time. Do you see? Yes. You must, you must give the right meal in the right, at the right time. So look at Matthew 24, verse 45. It says, Who then is a faithful and wise servant, whom his Lord has made ruler over his household, to give them meat in due season? You see, this is it. So we, 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 let's read message version. I don't know if it will help us. Who, are, who here qualifies for the job of overseeing the kitchen? A person the master can depend on to feed the workers on time each day. Amplified. Look at Amplified. Who then is a faithful, thoughtful, and wise servant whom his master has put in charge of his household to give to the others the food and supplies at the proper time? So there's proper time for each meal. Don't just say, I'm, going to, I'm listening to the podcast. What do you mean? It's not building you up. At this particular time, you need messages on faith. And you're listening to messages concerning uh, what? Love. 
You need messages on faith. The Holy Spirit is pushing to listen to messages on faith. It's the Holy Spirit who's in charge of our growth. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 19. Look at Ephesians 2, 19, King James. It's so important to understand these things. 19 all the way to 22. It says, Now therefore you are no more strangers and foreigners, but fellow citizens with the saints and of the household of God, and are built upon the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Jesus Christ himself being the chief cornerstone. So these are the things that build us. Go back to verse 20. It says, you are, built up, you are built upon the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Jesus Christ himself being the chief cornerstone. So there are messages that the apostles and prophets have thought, and there are messages that Jesus Christ himself has thought, which is the main f- foundation. But then you need to listen to everything that God wants you to listen to. You, so they are all there. But what do you read at what time? Next verse. In whom all the building fitted frame together groweth unto an holy temple in the Lord. Verse 22. In whom ye also, ye also, in whom, in Christ ye also, are builded together for an habitation of God through the Spirit. We are builded together for an habitation of God, not through your thinking or through your feeling, but through the Spirit. The Holy Spirit is the one who shows you what you need at each particular point in time for your growth and your development. It is through the Spirit. We are built through the Spirit. The Holy Spirit is the architect, the contractor, and the, the builder. He does everything. So when I wake up in the morning, I ask him, Dear Holy Spirit, what do you want me to do? Do you want me to continue reading this thing? Sometimes it can set you on a, on a path, on a course. You are studying a particular subject on humility. You can be studying humility. This morning, for instance, I was studying on humility. You see, I was reading on humility. I was reading Matthew. God asked me to read Matthew, so I've been reading Matthew for some time. And I'm, I'm on Matthew chapter 18. And in Matthew chapter 18, there's a huge discourse on humility. The greatest in the kingdom, being like a child. If you want to be great in the kingdom, you must be like a child. You must humble yourself. You see, so I, was, I was thinking about, so, I mean, it's helping me. You see, the Holy Spirit is feeding me with something I need at this particular point in time in my life. Not go to the podcast and listen to anything. No. The Holy Spirit is in charge of our construction. And you need to follow him. If you don't follow him, you become dry. At a particular time, you realize that you are, you are, he's feeding you. you are, he's allowing you to feed on a lot of worship songs and all of that. But as time goes on, you realize that it's like that is drying up. You need to, he's bringing something else to you. He's asking you to pray more. And then you're like, no, I like the worship songs more. That is how come you become dry. I don't know if you know, you are listening to the worship songs, but you are becoming more, more and more terrible. If there's anything like terrible, terrible, terriblest, you'll be on the terriblest portion. Wow. So you need, you need the Holy Spirit. Okay? So important. But grace is multiplied to you. Peace is multiplied to you. Mm-hmm. That's back to the first thing that comes to you as, you as you're fed is grace. Second thing is peace. These are things you don't sell. They don't sell on any shelf. It only comes through the knowledge of God and of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Grace and peace be multiplied unto you through the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord. So peace is multiplied to you. The more you hear the word, the more you feed on what God wants to feed on at any particular point in time, the more peace you have. Peace in your pocket. Peace of mind. Peace in your health. Peace in your business. There are different kinds of peace. Peace on all levels. You enjoy peace that produces prosperity as you stay your mind on Christ. Thou shalt keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you. 
So as you feed on the word, you receive grace and you receive peace. Peace comes to you. Peace is multiplied unto you as you are fed. So every time you hear the word, every time you come to church and we are preaching, grace is coming to you. Grace to accomplish what God wants to accomplish is coming to you right through the message. As I'm preaching to you right now, for instance, grace to do what I'm saying or what God is saying to you now is being released to you now because you're listening to what we are saying. You see, grace is being ministered to you. That is how to receive grace. You receive grace through the knowledge of God. So when the knowledge of God is coming to you, what is coming to you? Grace is coming to you. When the knowledge of God is coming to you, peace is coming to you. Peace is received by, if you want more peace, listen to what God is telling you to listen to. Read what God is asking you to read. If it's a book is leading you to read it, your peace is in that book. If it's a, if it's a, a particular book in the Bible is asking you to read, read it. Your peace is there. It can be numbers. My wife has a testimony of reading the book of numbers at a certain time in her life. And how, as she was, she, was, she was going through some things, as she was reading numbers, do you understand? The book of numbers is numbers. So, of this tribe, there was 12,554 of these people. And of this tribe, there was 300, and as she was reading, of this tribe, 12,000, this one, of this tribe, 8,000, as she was reading, all her problems were leaving. How does, how does that work? Numbers changing your, your problem. Peace was being ministered to her. As she was hearing, Yes, because peace is a spiritual thing. It's a spiritual thing. And it comes through the knowledge of God's word. Peace is multiplied to you as you hear the word, as you are fed. Do you see? As you are fed. Then number three, the governance of the spirit. You receive a higher level of the governance of the spirit in your life as the word comes to you. Second Corinthians chapter 3 from verse 3. I have about eight of them here. I'm hoping to go through all eight with you before we close. For as much as ye are manifestly declared to be the epistle of Christ ministered by us, written not with ink, but with the spirit of the living God, not in tables of stone, but in fleshy tables of the heart. Next verse. And such trust have we through Christ to God word. All these are very powerful things. I had a whole camp on just these two verses. Not that, we are suf- not that we are sufficient of ourselves to think anything else of ourselves, but our sufficiency, our ability, is of God. Verse 6. Who also has made us able ministers of the New Testament? Not of the letter, but of the Spirit. For the letter killeth, but the Spirit giveth life. You see, this was what I was talking about not long ago. The letter killeth. You can be doing, or I listen to the word for two hours. Therefore, I'm expecting two inches of growth. It doesn't work like that. It's not a letter thing. It's all by the spirit. The letter kills. So you can be, you can be, you can be getting into the letter and it will be killing you. Can you imagine? It's like eating, eating bad food or eating at the wrong time. Yes. Eating at the wrong time. It says the letter killeth, but the spirit giveth life. Next verse. But if the ministration of death, written and engraven in stones, was glorious, so that the children of Israel could not steadfastly behold the face of Moses for the glory of his countenance, which glory was to be done away. Next verse. How shall not the ministration of the Spirit be rather glorious? Now, this is what I want you to see. Verse 8 in, in the Amplified. Now, he's talking about our ministry. Okay, the ministry is called the New Testament ministry. And he's mentioning, Paul is mentioning that God has made us able ministers, not of the letter, but of the Spirit. For the letter kills. So we are ministers of the Spirit. 
So as the message, as the, as the word of God comes to you, we are actually ministering the spirit to you. Now, if you remember, we read in verse 3, he says that we are, okay, go back to verse 3. I think we speed read it, so we couldn't really uh, follow. He says, for as much as you are manifestly declared to be the epistle of Christ, ministered by us, says all those of you who are listening to the word of God that we are preaching, says you are declared to be the, to be the epistles or the letters of Christ, ministered by us, not written with ink. You are a letter from Christ, not written with ink, but written with the spirit of the living God. Meaning that every preaching we preach, okay, we are using the ink of the spirit to write on your heart. It says not in tables of stone, but in fleshy tables of the heart. So every message that comes is an attempt to write, make inscriptions on your heart. How? Not with ink, but with the spirit. Meaning that whatever, you know, David said, uh, 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 my mouth is as a pen of a ready writer. Do you see? Uh-huh. We are ready writers, and the ink that we use is the, is the, is the spirit of God. Okay? Psalm 45, verse 1. My heart is indicting a good matter. I speak of the things which I have made touching the king. My tongue is the pen of a ready writer. So our tongues, a preacher's tongue, is the pen of a ready writer. And what is the ink that is in the pen? The Holy Spirit. So it says, we, the Holy, by the Holy Spirit, we make that everything we say is by the Spirit. Everything we declare to you. And if the minister is from the, is from the Holy Spirit, that's what happens. Whatever he's saying to you is from the Spirit. It's from the Spirit. Ken Hagen would not pray for anybody if he, were, if he was not led by the Spirit. Bishop Dak tells the story of how he met Kenneth Hagen, you know, and he, he, he had given a sedent, you know, um, all of that. And he, he requested for a prayer that, oh, can you kindly pray for me? Ken Hagen said, oh, he doesn't, he doesn't feel the anointing to pray for him. He's not feeling the anointing to pray. And he doesn't pray when he's not under the anointing. So you can't pray for him. They can only give him a handshake and say thank you. Or give him a handshake and say thank you. Wow. Then Bishop Doug asked, can I take a picture with you? He said, oh, surely we can take a picture. So they took a picture. <laughs> There's grace for picture. There's no grace for prayer. Because he doesn't want to say something. He's not being asked by the Holy Spirit to say. That's a true prophet. Not saying something that the Holy Spirit is not asking you to say. You see, it says that we minister to you the Spirit and it's written in your hearts. Do you see? The Word of God that we minister to you is written in your hearts. Not in tables of stone, but in fleshy tables of the heart. Verse 4. And such trust. You see, this is not something a human being can do. It says, and such trust have we through Christ toward God. This is the trust. This is the trust we have. Okay? From God. For you. Only God can do some, such, such things. So he says, not that we are sufficient of ourselves, not that we have ability of ourselves to do any of these things, not that we are sufficient of ourselves to think anything as of ourselves, but our sufficiency, what we are doing, the ability to do what we do, to write on your heart, is from God. Look at the Amplified of verse 5. It's nice. We can read in the Amplified from verse 5 all the way to verse 7. Not that we are fit, qualified, and sufficient in the ability of ourselves to form personal judgments or to claim or count anything as coming from us, but our power and ability and sufficiency are from God. Our, our power and ability and sufficiency are from God to do this, to be able to write on your heart with the ink of the Spirit. Next verse. 
It is he, it is the Holy Spirit, or it is God, who has qualified us, making us to be fit and worthy and sufficient as ministers and dispensers of a new covenant of salvation through Christ. Not ministers of the letter, of legally written code, but of the Spirit. For the code of the Lord kills, but the Holy Spirit makes alive. He makes alive. So as we preach to you, spirit is being distributed to Jesus. The words that I speak unto you, they are spirit and they are alive. True ministry is not organizing or putting people together or organizing a church into various groups or building a building. True ministry is in your words becoming spirit and life. The word that you speak becoming spirit and life. That's what every minister should endeavor to do, that your words will be full of the spirit and will be full of the life of God. Do you see? Jesus said that the words that I speak unto you, they are spirit and they are life. That is ministry. The words that I speak unto you, they are spirit and they are life. John 6, 63. Now, go back to 2 Corinthians 3, where we're reading. Okay? So, Paul ends verse 6. Let's look at verse 6 once again. It's so nice. It says, it is he who has qualified us, making us fit to be, to be fit and worthy and sufficient as ministers and dispensers of a new covenant of salvation through Christ. Not ministers of the letter of legally written code, but of the spirit, of the code of the law. For the code of the law kills, but the Holy Spirit makes alive. Verse 7. Now, if the dispensation of death engraved in letters on stone the administration of the law was inaugurated with such glory and splendor that the Israelites were not able to look steadfastly at the face of Moses because of its brilliance, a glory that was to fade and pass away. Mm? So he's comparing the glory of the old, which is the law, to the glory of the spirit. So he says, if the glory of the old was so wonderful, so powerful, that Moses' face was shining, that people could not look at his face, how much more? The glory of the New Testament which is by the Spirit. So that's the verse 8. Why should not, or how much more, the dispensation of the Spirit? Then he starts explaining to you what the dispensation of the Spirit is. Okay? Why should not the dispensation of the Spirit? This spiritual, spiritual ministry, whose task it is to cause men to obtain and be governed by the Holy Spirit. Hmm? Why should not the dispensation of the Spirit, this spiritual ministry, whose task it is to cause men to obtain and be governed by the Holy Spirit, be attended with much greater and more splendid glory. So our ministry, okay, as ministers of God, is to help you, is to cause you to obtain and cause you to be governed by the Holy Spirit. And it says to be attended with much glory. That's our ministry. So the more you hear the word of God and the more you are fed, the more the Holy Spirit governs you. Because that's our ministry. Our whole ministry has to do with causing you to obtain the Spirit and causing you to, to be governed by the Spirit. That's why in Acts chapter 10, verse 44, as Peter speaks the word of God, the Bible says, while Peter yet spake these words, while Peter yet spoke the word of God, while Peter yet spake these words, the Holy Spirit, the Holy Ghost, fell on all them which heard the word. The Holy Spirit fell on all those who had the word. So whenever you are hearing the word of God, the, the Holy Spirit is falling on you afresh, changing your life, changing your mind, changing your outlook as you are fed. If you've been fed, you, you obtain more government of the Spirit. You become more susceptible to the Holy Spirit's uh, 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 movements in your life. That's what causes you to grow. Without that, I mean, the job, the, 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 the job, our job as ministers is to, is to help you for the Holy Ghost to govern you some more so that your will comes under his will some more. Remember, as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. 
And that is one of the major places you are supposed to get to. It's next to being a father. You see, where the Holy Spirit leads you. The Holy Spirit can lead you. Lead you. Lead. So if you are in a church and you are hearing the word of God and you are not being governed by the Spirit as the years go by, you are in the wrong place. You need to change. You need to find out where God wants you to be. You need to find out where God wants you to be. The Holy Spirit has to awaken you to, to see that you are, not doing, you, are not, you are not in the right place. You are not hearing the right thing. Because it's important that the Holy Spirit governs you as time goes on. While Peter here speaks these words, the Holy Ghost fell on them which heard the word. So as you hear the word, the Holy Ghost falls on you. Now, what does it mean for the Holy Ghost to fall on you? He's talking about having more control. The Holy Spirit, when the Holy Spirit fell on them, he took over their speech. Look at the next verse. And they of a circumcision which believed were astonished as many as came with Peter, because that on the Gentiles was also was poured out the gift of the Holy Ghost. How did they know? For they heard them speak with tongues and magnify God. They heard them speak with tongues and magnify The Holy Spirit took over their mouth, took over their tongues. Do you see? You see, because the fall, Adam's sin ultimately settled in our tongue. The worst, the, the worst affected place in the fall is our tongue. That is why your maturity in Christ is dependent on your tongue. Hmm. The worst affected place, our speech has been so affected, our tongue has been so... I can show it to you. Look at Romans chapter 3. In Romans chapter 3, there's a discourse on the effect of sin on humanity. And there are various places that sin hits. Okay? Look at um, Romans chapter 3, from verse 10. Hmm. As it is written, there is none righteous. No, not one. Okay? There is none that understandeth. There is none that seeketh after God. So one of the places that was affected was understanding. They are all gone out of the way. They are together become unprofitable. There is none that doeth good. No, not one. Then he goes in verse 10. He says, their throat is an open sepulchre. Your throat is in your mouth, isn't it? Yep. It says your throat is an open sepulchre. With their tongues, they have used deceit. That's the second. Your, your tongue is in your mouth. The poison of asp is under their lips. Verse 14. Whose mouth is full of cursing and bitterness. That's four different aspects of your mouth. Throat, tongue, uh, lips, mouth. It's full of cursing. Then verse 14. Their feet are, shed, are swift to shed blood. So our feet too was affected. But just one, one place, feet. That's just one. Destruction and misery are in their ways. And the way of peace have they not known. There is no fear of God before their eyes. Your eyes were also, eyes were also affected. But only their mouth. Four, four aspects of their mouth. <laughs> four. Throat, lips, mouth. Uh, what else? Yes. Tongue. All affected. All affected because of Adam's sin. So it's important that um, it's important that you grow. Okay? Yes. It's important that you feed. So the, the, the word of God can, the Holy Spirit can have control over your speech and have control over your tongue. It says the one who does not offend in word is mature. Fully grown. I tell you. That's in James. James chapter 3 verse 2 says, For in many things you offend all. If any man offend not in word, the same is a perfect man, 
and able also to bridle the whole body. So when your mouth is kept, when the Holy, if the Holy Ghost can take absolute control over your, your speech, your, he can take over your whole body. Yes, it's so amazing. So you, the, you obtain the governance of the Spirit. Like I was saying that one of the major places that the Holy Spirit takes control over is your mouth. It's your mouth, your, your speech. So if you are growing your speech, your speech will tell. Your words will tell. Ezekiel chapter 2, verse 1 and 2. Look at Ezekiel chapter 2, verse 1 and 2. And he said unto me, Son of man, stand upon thy feet, and I will speak unto thee. And as soon as he said that, Son of man, stand upon thy feet, and I will speak unto thee, the Spirit entered into me. So when he spoke, the Spirit, the Spirit came out of the words and entered into me when he spoke unto me and set me upon my feet that I heard him that spake unto me. The Spirit entered into me as he spake unto me. So as you hear the word of God, the Spirit is entering you. What is happening? The Holy Spirit is taking governance over you. So you obtain more governance of the Spirit as you hear the word. That's basically what I'm trying to let you know. That's why you need to expose yourself to the word of God. The more you expose your, yourself to the word of God and feed, or allow yourself to be fed, or the more you feed, the more control the Holy Spirit has on the person, which is the desire of the Spirit. God wants you to be led. As many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. Have you seen it? Yes. The next thing that happens as you hear the word is you have transformations of glory as you are fed with knowledge and with understanding. Transformations of glory takes place. You are transformed from one level of, one level of glory to another. Second Corinthians chapter 3. Verse 18, 2 Corinthians 3, 18. But we all with open face, beholding as in a glass the glory of the Lord, are changed into the same image from glory to glory, even as by the Spirit of the Lord. The glory of God in your life increases as you receive, as you are fed, or as you feed, the glory of God in the lives of the people you are feeding increases. You have transformations of glory. You change. Your glory changes. Do you see? The glory of God in your life increases. Increases. You bear more fruits. More fruits. It's also part of it. Okay? You increase in glory. James chapter 1, verse 22. Look at James 1, 22. But be doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving your own selves. Next verse. For if any man be a hearer of the word and not a doer, he's like unto a man beholding his natural face in a glass. You see, the glass is the word of God, if you remember. Uh, he says that, he's talking about the word. He says, be doers of the word, not hearers only. The one who just hears the word and does not do it. It's like a man looking at his face in a mirror or in a glass. So the word of God is a glass. Do you see? The word of God is a glass. Next verse, verse 24. For he beholdeth himself and goeth his way, and straight away or immediately forgeteth what man of man he was. Next verse, verse 25. But whoso looketh into the perfect law of liberty, this is calling the word of God the perfect law of liberty, and continueth therein, he being not a forgetful hearer, but do of the work, this man shall be blessed in his deed. The word of God is like a mirror. It says the more you look at it, or the more you are fed with it, the more glory you experience, the more you increase in glory. You have the glory of God in your life increasing from one level of glory to another. Your life becomes like a, 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 a shining light that shines brighter and brighter onto the perfect day. Why? Because you have exposed yourself to feeding. 
you keep feeding on the word. The more you feed on the word, the more your environment changes. The more your life changes, the more your, the favor of God upon your life increases, and the more fruit you bear. That's how it is. So when you're hearing the word of God, when you're feeding or you're being fed, know that you're increasing in glory. Know it. Understand it. This is what is happening. Understanding reigns in the kingdom of God. The one who does not have understanding is going to be in the congregation of the dead. You can keep going to church and you'll never have anything. Understand and know the fact that as you are being fed or as you are hearing the word, you are increasing in glory. We are looking in a glass. The glory of the Lord are changed into the same glory from glory to glory. Into the same image from glory to glory. Even as by the Spirit. It is by the Spirit of the Lord. Even as by the Spirit. All the time. All these are by the Spirit. Even as by the Spirit of the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Transformations of glory. I see you being transformed. From one level of glory to another. From one level of resplendence. Your life being resplendent. Full of splendor. Increasing. Glory is weight. You see. Glory is weight. Your words become weighty. Yes. Both in the spirit and in the physical. Your presence is weighty. That's glory. Glory means gaining more weight. Spiritual weight and physical weight. Yes. You gain more weight in your, in your, in your family. Yes, someone can say that, oh, this person is the glory of the family. What it means is that when he shows up, a lot of things are sorted out. That's what it means. Yes, someone said they, they, someone used a handkerchief to wipe his face and has wiped away his glory. That's why not, a lot of things are not working for him. <laughs> yes, I heard someone say that his glory, it was a she, her glory has been locked up in a certain room in the village. A prophet told her glory has been locked up in a certain village. Sister, your glory is in the word. The more you behold the word, the more you... If you want to increase in glory, if you want the glory of God upon your life to increase, just feed on the word some more. The more you feed, the more glory... And you should know it in your mind. That's what we are talking about, understanding. Understanding the fact that as you are feeding, what is happening to you as you are feeding is that the glory of God in your life is increasing. You should know that and you should expect it. The expectation of the righteous shall not be cut short. This is what to expect as you are feeding on the word. Expect that the grace of God in your life is increasing. Expect that the peace of God in your life is multiplying. Expect that you are being transformed from one level of glory to another. Expect that the Holy Ghost, the Holy Ghost is having more influence over you as you are hearing. That's the expectation to have. <laughs> if you don't have this expectation, if you don't have this understanding, you will go to church for a long time. And you wouldn't know why the, the word of God is important. That's why when the word of God is coming, you'll be playing. You'll be sleeping. You'll be talking. You'll be having a chat. If you knew all these things were happening as you were hearing the word, you have a different attitude towards the word. Yes. You have a different attitude towards the word. I see you having a different attitude towards the word in Jesus' name. You are becoming more focused, more attentive as the word of God is coming to you because you know in your mind that peace is multiplying unto you. Grace is multiplying unto you. Glory is multiplying unto you. The governance of the spirit is multiplied in your life. Yes. That is what is happening as you hear, as you are fed. You are growing from one level of glory to another. You are becoming greater. Yes, greater, both in the spirit and also in the physical. The favor of God upon your life is increasing. You want favor? Listen to the word of God. Allow yourself to be fed. Favor is not found anywhere. It's found with God. Yes. Number five. Restoration of your soul. Restoration of your soul happens practically as you hear the word. Psalm 22, verse 23, verse 3. He restored my soul. Eh? From verse 1, he says, The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. Mm, that's feeding, isn't it? Yeah. 
he leaded me beside the stewardess. Then he says, he restored my soul. How does he restore your soul? He restores your soul through feeding. The more you are fed, the more your soul is restored. Your soul is restored. Romans chapter 12, verse 2. Wow. And be not conformed to this world, but be transformed. Be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind. There's something called the renewal of your mind or the restoration of your soul. It's called the salvation of your soul. It's all over in the Bible. You see, as you hear the word, your soul is transfigured and transformed to shoot the word of God some more, to shoot the Holy Spirit some more, to shoot God some more. So as you are hearing the word, you're having the restoration. Your soul is being restored. Your soul has been lost through the fall. Your soul was lost through the fall. And as you hear the word, as you are fed, your soul is restored to the state God wants it to be restored to. Do you see? You may, you may have a, a wrong idea concerning marriage, or a wrong idea concerning finances, or a wrong idea concerning how to, how to relate with your parents, or with your in-laws, how to, how to live life, how to live in life. But as you hear the word of God concerning some of these things, you see that it changes your mind. For instance, a lot of things have changed in your mind, as you've been hearing me in the last few minutes. You see, a lot of things. So restoration, it happens. You, your mind is changed. It's transformed. You see, and without the change of your mind, you will not have any, you will not record any change physically. Your situation changes as your mind changes. If your mind is not changing, it means that your situation is not going to change. That's the truth. But the, word, the more you hear the word and the more you allow yourself to be fed with the word, through hearing, seeing, and reading, you see, as you, read the, as you read your Bible, your soul is transfigured. It's amazing. And come reading your Bible, you, you realize you, 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 don't, you don't know some things. Yeah. You, you are too difficult a person. Yes. One day I was reading the Bible and the Holy Spirit respected me. Because as I was reading, I saw it in the Bible clearly. Clearly in the Bible that Jesus could be managed. Jesus could be changed. Can you imagine? Jesus, Jesus, Jesus could have... You could have discussion with Jesus. Yes. Jesus does not give a, 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 a rule and say that if you don't do it, it's finished. No. You can, you can have a discussion about it. To the extent that even demons had a discussion with him. And he said, okay, it's fine. Jesus was casting out a, demonia, a, 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 casting out a legion out of the demoniac of Gadara in Mark, Mark chapter 2. Okay. Isn't Mark chapter 2 or chapter 5? Mark chapter 5. You know, and as he was casting the demons out, the demons said that, Oh, Charlie, there are some pigs around. Can you take us? We want to go there. Please let us go there. Don't take us uh, uh, somewhere else. Take, we want to be in the pigs. You see, verse 12, Mark 5, verse 12. And all the devils besought him, saying, Send us into the swine that we may enter into them. You see, they besought Jesus. They, they were pleading with Jesus, Oh, please. Can you imagine? You were a human being saying, please, um, this rule that you have given, you say we should come for the meeting at five. Please, because of work, I'll be able to come at six. You say, no, if you are not coming, it's finished. Go away. Who do you think you are? Oh, we came with our will. They can go away with their will. They came in with their will. They can go away with their will. You set rules. It's like it cannot be, it cannot be bent in any way, in any form. Your, your, your melancholy has taken over. All the devils, can you give us a message? <laughs> Even devils could have discussion with Jesus and say, please, 
See, the demons begged him. This message, Mark chapter 5, the demons begged him, send us to the pigs so we can live in them. Look at the next verse 13. Jesus gave the order, but it was even worse for the pigs than for the man. Crazed, they stamped over a cliff into the sea and drowned. They went straight into the... Jesus gave the order. He said, okay, you can go. Hey! Can you imagine? Jesus was sending Ananias in Acts chapter 9 to go and go and talk to Saul of Tarsus, who had just been converted. And Ananias said, hey, Lord, maybe you've not heard about this guy. You've not heard. This guy has, has caught so many of your people and put them in prison. Maybe you've not heard, I'm telling you now. He's caught people and put them in prison and all of that. And he's here to come and catch more of us in prison. And you say, I should go and see him. Ananias could have a discussion with Jesus. And Jesus explained. Jesus explained the instruction. You see, you don't just give instruction and then that is it. I've given instructions. The people don't understand the instruction. If they're asking you a question, don't be too proud. Explain the instruction. Jesus was giving an instruction to another. It's all in the Bible. Look at verse 14. Now chapter 9, verse 14. <laughs> then Ananias answered, Lord, I have heard by many, this is verse 13, of this man, how much evil he has done to thy saints at Jerusalem. I've heard. And here he has authority from the chief priest to bind all that call on thy name. I've heard about this guy. But the Lord said unto him, Go thy way, for he is a chosen vessel unto me, to bear my name before the Gentiles and kings and the children of Israel. Jesus is explaining to this guy. Verse 16. For I will show him how great things he must suffer for my name's sake. Wow. Yes, he explained the instruction. He was manageable. Jesus was manageable, even in his glory. And Ananias could easily ask Jesus, Charlie, I don't understand the thing. Explain the thing more to me. And he, he explained to him. Maybe you are the type of person who does not, I mean, you are no nonsense person. The Lord is saving your soul right now as I'm talking to you. You should be able to make some turns in your life, some new turns. You decided that we are going to do it like this. It is not working. Just change. And let's do it the other way. It's not only your opinion that matters. Another person's opinion can make things work. So let's go. Let's do. Let's see which opinion is better. <laughs> saving. God is saving your soul right now. So that's the word of God comes. You, see, you must open your heart for any correction. Because that's the purpose of the word. 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 16. The word of God says all scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine. Doctrine means teaching, to teach you, to indoctrinate you concerning various things. Okay? It is also for reproof. It can reprove you. Let's read Amplified. Maybe we don't understand reproof, correction. I'm sure the Amplified will help us. Every scripture is given, is God breathed, given by his inspiration and profitable for instruction, for reproof and conviction of sin. It can convict you of sin that, Charlie, what you are doing is wrong. Change it. Saving your soul. For correction of error. You may be in an error. And the Lord is correcting you through his word. As the word of God comes to you, as you are fed, you have, it's, this is time for instructions, for corrections, for changes in your life. For correction of error and disciplined obedience. And for training in righteousness, in holy living, and in conformity to God's will, in thought, purpose, and action. That's the word. So you have trans uh, restoration of your soul. Your soul is restored. Ah, this thing is not right. Yeah, I've been a foolish person. I've been a foolish boy. I've been a foolish girl. I've changed. Why? Because I heard God's word concerning it. I've changed. I realize I'm too proud. I'm too proud. 
too proud. Why? You know, I was, I was telling you earlier, I was, I was studying about humility. One of the scriptures that the Holy Spirit brought to my mind is 1 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 7. Look at 1 Corinthians 4, 7. 1 Corinthians 4, 7. It is for who maketh thee to differ from another? Who makes you to differ from another? And what hast thou that thou dost not receive? What do you have that you did not receive? Now, if you received it, why does thou glory? Why do you glory as if you did not receive it? Why do you glory as if whatever you have was received? It was given to you by God. If it was, if you received it, why are you behaving like you are, you are the author of it? If you are smarter, if some of us, some of us are smarter naturally, it's, it's, it's the gift of God. Why are, we, why are you boasting in your smartness? You see, because of a certain school you went in this, our country, Ghana. So it's like nobody can advise you now. You went to a certain type of secondary school. So you are the best. You have a certain... You see, God is the one who gives you an opportunity to go to that school. Don't undermine those who went to Fanchnik Chok Secondary School. Don't, don't feel that you are more important or more... You are wiser. It is the Holy Spirit. Don't boast. It's the Holy Spirit who has made you what you are. Whatever you have, you received it. If you received it, why do you glory? As if you did not receive it. Everything you have is from the Lord. So thank God. Boast in the Lord. Don't boast in, in your... You know, I was, I was talking to someone who went to a certain secondary school. And because of the secondary school he went to, it's like he's, he's wiser than everybody. Do you understand? Like, you are giving counsel from the Spirit, and it's like, oh, my friend, you didn't go to my school. If you went to my school, I would have, I would have paid that. You didn't go to my school, so, Charlie. Because of the school I went to. Secondary school, though. He's gone to university. He has finished university. But it's a second... His boasting is in a secondary school. Yes. He's glorying in the secondary school that he went to. So he cannot be corrected. He cannot learn from anybody who went to a substandard school. Some of us went to substandard schools. Yes. Went to sub- so it's like, hey, you can't, I can't hear you. I can't hear you. <laughs> Meanwhile, you are not producing results. You are going down. You are dying. And I'm producing results. And I'm showing you, this is what, I, this is what I'm doing. I'm giving free counsel. This is, what I'm, this is what is going on. This is what is happening. No, 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 no. You didn't go to my school. Hey. Okay. Continue in your folly. The Lord be with you. Restoration of souls. So the Lord was just restoring my soul, you know, with respect, with respect to humility. God was teaching me, you can have a, there are different places where pride is reflected in your body. The first one is in your mind. You can think more highly than you ought to think. It's not supposed, you don't, shouldn't think like you are something. You are nothing. Who are you? What do you have that you do not receive? Everything you have, you received. So don't think like you are whatever. If you are, if you have, uh, if you are working in a certain bank or working in a certain high corporation, whatever, it's because you were given. It was given to you. It's not because you are a very wild guy. It was given to you. Someone had to accept you and say, "Come." You didn't. You didn't, if you created a company, it was given to you the ability to do what you did, the wisdom, the strength, the money, the time, the energy. Everything is given. It's all a gift. Ultimately, it's a gift from the Lord. You can think more highly, so it can affect your mind. You can have pride in your mind. You can have a proud look. Your eyes and your, your countenance are coming when you see, like you are going for a certain type of meeting and you are, you, you, you are thinking you meet a certain group of people and you went and you meet people you feel are substandard. There's no such substandard human being in this world. Everybody is from the Lord. Yes, they are creations from God. They may not be smart. They may not speak the language you speak. They may not think the way you think, but they are from Jesus Christ. It is God who made them. Do you understand? Yes. Proud look. 
you look like a, a like a peacock. <laughs> like you have a certain type of look when you come. We don't know whether we should give you a seat or we should let you stand. We don't know what we should do because of the way you are the way you are looking. Hey, proud look. The ladies will come like this. Do you know who I am? Do you know my, the price of my wig? Your price of your, and so what? What should we do about your price of your wig? I went to a certain party and we we're, were having a discussion and someone came. The person's brow was showing. You know, and someone said, oh, your brow is showing. The person said, oh, ah, this is a $400 brow. I should show. I, don't I mean, she had to mention the price of the bra for us to have respect for her and her bra. <laughs> Proud look. So your, your eyes and then your mouth. Pride affects your mouth. Proud speeches. Proud sayings. High sayings. Do you know who I am? Do you know where I'm from? Do you know? Hey. Then proud actions. And then proud reactions. When someone says something, the way you react. Like they've not said anything. That's prideful actions. Where nothing is happening, you have come. You are just acting proudly. And then there's reactions, proud reactions. This, the Holy Spirit was telling me all these things this morning. Through my quiet, as I'm reading my Bible, that be like a child. You know, as I be like a child. The greatest in the kingdom of heaven is like a child. Be like a child. Don't change. Don't change. Be like a child. And the Holy Spirit is showing me all this in proud thinking. You may not be showing, you may not be looking proud or reacting proud or acting proud or speaking proudly, but your mind in your head, your mind is worrying you. You think that you are more than something that you are not supposed to be. So the Lord was restoring my soul through my meditations. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Number six. I'm closing. Victory on every side. Victory on every side. I think our time is up. Maybe on Sunday I'll just conclude on it. Yes, number six is victory on every side. Number seven is fruitfulness. These are all very important. Maybe I should, let me just cover it. Let me spend another three minutes and just finish them. So we know that we, have, we are done on feeding. Okay? As you, are, as you are fed with the word of God, or as you feed People with the word, they receive victory on every side of their lives. Psalm 23, verse 5. Look at Psalm 23, verse 5. Apart from the Lord restoring your soul, he leads you in the path of righteousness for his name's sake. Then it says, Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Look at verse 4. Psalm 23, verse 4. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For thou art with me, thy rod and thy staff comfort me. Then it says, Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You see, you prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. What do you do on a table? You eat. Tables are mainly for eating. Yes. Thou preparest a table before He's talking about eating. You see, so in the presence of your enemies, you, you must feed. The way to victory before your pre- the presence of your enemies, the presence of trouble. When there's trouble, the first thing you should do is to eat, is to feed. Thou prepares the table before me in the presence of my enemies. You feed. Then it says, Thou anointest my head with oil, my cup ran over. The anointing will lead you to have your cup running over. How does the anointing come? The anointing comes through feeding. It is the word entering you that comes with the Spirit. As the word comes, the Spirit comes. Hallelujah. Thou prepares the table before me in the presence of my enemies. So I feed. The more enemies I have, the more challenges I have, the more I feed. And the more I feed, the more victory I have. How does it happen? First John chapter 5, verse 4. 
whatsoever is born of God overcometh this world. And this is the victory that overcometh the world, even our faith. So our faith is what gives us victory and helps us to overcome the world, helps us overcome every single thing that is happening. It is our faith in who Christ is in us. It's our faith in his word that puts us over. And how does faith come? Romans chapter 10, verse 17. Faith cometh by hearing and hearing. So then faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So as you hear the word of God, as you hear the word concerning Christ, faith comes to you. For what? Faith comes to you for victory, to overcome this world. That is the way you have victory. Okay? So the more you feed, the more victories you enjoy. The more you feed, the more victories you enjoy. Why? Because feeding brings you faith. And faith is what helps you overcome this world. Hallelujah. Faith. Faith. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. For whosoever cometh to the Lord must believe that he is and that he's a rewarder of all those who diligently seek him. Faith. Faith comes through the faith is I'm standing on God's word. God says it, I believe it, and that settles it. Therefore, I'm going to act and move on the basis of what God has said. Because God said that he'll provide for all my needs, I'm moving. I'm making plans to marry. I don't have money. I don't have 100,000 sitting down or 50,000 sitting down for the, for the wedding. But God says he's supplying all my needs according to his glory, according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. Therefore, I am moving. I am moving. I have 2,000. Let me buy the wedding rings and trust God for the rest. <laughs> so you move. That is, that is it. Faith. Faith is small money. Using, using small money to do big things. You overcome this world by faith. Yes. You overcome this world by faith. Faith is starting a church. They have sent people to start a church. It's faith. They are putting their faith to work. Yes. Some of them have one person. They've had one person. Their first meeting had one person. I had one person for six months. That was, my, that was faith. Still going and keeping and keeping on. Still doing what God wanted me to do. Because God says I should do it. So I'm doing it. Yes. There are buildings we've built that we didn't have anything for. God said do it. So I started. Let's do it. We have five cities. We have 50 cities. Let's start the game foundation. Let's do what we can do. And as we did it, as we moved, because God said we should move, the supply started coming. That is faith. And how does faith come? Faith coming by hearing and hearing by the word of God. It helps you overcome. So it gives you victory on every side. We are more than conquerors through him that loved us. We more than conquer. Do you see? It's all through the faith of God's word. As you hear, you hear the word and as you read the word, faith is ministered to you. Faith coming by hearing and hearing by the word. Faith coming by hearing and hearing. Hallelujah. Yes. So God gives you shepherds by whom you believe. Okay? Yes. He gives you shepherds by whom you believe, by whom you can have faith. As they preach to you, you receive faith. First Corinthians chapter 3, verse 5. Who then is Paul and who is Apollos? But ministers by whom you believed, even as the Lord gave to every man. He gives you ministers by whom you believe. As they minister to you, faith comes to you and you believe. Faith comes to you and you believe. You believe that you can do it. They are words encourage you. Tell you that you can, you can do it. Sometimes you need, you see, that's why I was telling you, allow the Holy Spirit to show you what to feed on. Sometimes the Holy Spirit, will, will need, you need to be motivated. You need motivation through the word. I need it sometimes. The Holy Spirit brings it to me. And I get messages that will motivate me. 
encourage me. You can do it. It's work. It can happen. As you pray, this is what is happening. You need to be encouraged. It's not every message that will encourage you. Some messages are instructional. There are instructions. Do this, do that, do this, do that. There are other messages that is declarations from the Lord. It's just, it's just helping you, encouraging you, motivating you. Do you see? Yes, that's how it is. You don't, so you don't just say, let's listen to the message. No, you are feeding. You are not just listening. You are feeding. Hallelujah. Number seven, fruitfulness. Fruitfulness. I see you being fruitful on every side. Matthew chapter 12, chapter 13, verse 23. Matthew chapter 13 has a record of the sower. And the one who did not have understanding is the one who had the devil taking the, the, the seed that was sown out of his heart. You see, he did not understand. That was why the seed was taken out of his heart. So, without understanding, you are in the congregation of the dead. Like the Bible said. Yes. Look at verse 19. Matthew 13, 19. When one, anyone hear the word of the kingdom and understand it not, then cometh the wicked one and catch it away that which was sown in his heart. This is he which receives it by the wayside. So when you don't have understanding, you will never produce yourself because the wicked one, the devil will always come for it. Whatever seed was sown will be taken away because you didn't get understanding. Therefore, in order to get, get understanding, you should get understanding. And guess what? As the word of God comes to you, your understanding is open. Remember, Jesus breathed upon the disciples and said, he opened their understanding. Luke chapter 24, verse 45. He breathed upon them and he opened their understanding so that they may understand the scriptures. So as the word of God is coming to you, we are breathing on you and opening your understanding. So you say to yourself, I understand all things. Yes, then open he their understanding that they might understand the scriptures. How? He was talking to them and he did it. He opened it, their understanding. But the talking to you is what opens your understanding. Your understanding is being opened as you hear the word of God. Yes, that's what is happening, practically. The one who did not bear fruit, who did not do have anything happening, who had, the, who had the devil taking advantage of him, had that happening because he did not have understanding. And the one who bore fruits, and hundredfold, sixtyfold, thirtyfold, is the one who had understanding. Matthew chapter 13, verse 23 now. But he that receives seed into the good ground is he that hear the word and understandeth it, which also bear fruit and bringeth forth. Some 100 fold, some 60, some 30. He heard the word and understood it. That's all. And because he understood it, he bore fruit. And guess what? The preacher feeds you, is sent to feed you with knowledge and understanding. So receive understanding today for your fruitfulness. Because your fruitfulness is dependent on your understanding. It is dependent on your understanding. And we are called to bear fruits. Hallelujah. So I see you bearing fruits on every side of your life. Understanding is a wellspring of life. So I see life coming to you. Wellsprings of life. Yes, life, strength, health, wisdom coming to you consistently. As you coming out of the congregation of the dead, into the congregation of the living, you will not be dead concerning any aspect of your life. You will live and live the way God has designed for you to live. As you producing results in your health, in your strength, in your productivity, in your fruitfulness, in your spirituality, in every aspect of your life, you are bearing fruits because understanding is coming to you and knowledge is coming to you as you are being fed. Hallelujah. Keep feeding. Keep feeding. Keep feeding. It's the way for victory. We are having victory on every side. Even in Jesus' name. I love you very much. God bless you for joining me. God bless you for listening. We pray that the word of God will be rooted and grounded in your heart as you give attention to the word. Kindly follow Pastor T and Love Economy Church on all social networks 
for more of God's Word. Don't forget to subscribe to the Pastoti Podcast. Simply search for Pastoti on any podcast app, plug in, and enjoy God's Word. Visit our website at loveeconomychurch.org for more information. God bless.